All right, everybody, welcome to this discussion on why MLK was killed. As many of you know, in late March 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, went to Memphis, Tennessee in support of the uh, Black Sanitary Public Works employees represented by AFSCME uh, Local 1733 who had been uh, on strike since March 12th for higher wages and better treatment. For example, African-American workers paid $1.70 per hour, were not paid uh, when sent home because of inclement weather, whereas white workers were. On uh, April 3rd, King returned to Memphis and addressed a rally delivering his I've been to the mountaintop address. King was uh, booked in room 306 at the Lorraine Motel, owned by uh, Walter Bailey in Memphis. And by the way, just to clarify, these black-white tensions, of course, were all orchestrated. I'll be getting into that later on. They were orchestrated then, and they're orchestrated now by the familiar cast of criminal characters. All staged, all set up. But anyway, Reverend Ralph uh, Albernathy, King's uh, close friend and colleague who was present at the uh, assassination, swore under oath to the House Select Committee on Assassinations that King and his entourage stayed at room 306 at the Lorraine Motel so often that it was known as the King Abernathy Suite. While standing on the motel's second floor balcony, King was shot at 6.01 p.m. on April, uh, on April 4th of 68. The bullet entered through his right cheek, smashing his jaw, and then traveled uh, down his spinal cord, lodging in his uh, shoulder. According to biographer Taylor Branch, King's last words on the balcony were to musician Ben Branch, who was scheduled to perform that same night at an event, at an event that King uh, was attending. King said to him, Ben, make sure that you play Precious Lord, Take My Hand uh, in the meeting tonight. Play it real pretty. Friends inside the motel room heard the shots, and then ran to the balcony to find uh, King on the ground. Local Reverend Samuel Billy Kyles, um, whose house King was on his way to at the time, had remembered that upon seeing King go down, he ran into a hotel room to call an ambulance. But because nobody was on the switchboard, he ran back out and yelled to the police, to call an ambulance uh, on their radios. It was later revealed that the hotel's switchboard operator, upon seeing King shot, had a fatal heart attack and could not operate the phones. Hmm, that's very interesting. King was pronounced dead at uh, St. Joseph's Hospital at 7.05 p.m. The assassination led to uh, a nationwide uh, wave of riots in more than 60 cities. 
Five days later, President Johnson uh, declared a national day of mourning for the lost civil rights leader. A crowd of 300,000 attended his funeral that same day. Vice President Hubert Humphrey attended uh, on behalf of Johnson, who was meeting with several advisors and cabinet uh, officers on the Vietnam War in Camp David. There were fears that Johnson might be hit with uh, protests and abuses over the war if he had attended. Anyway, at his widow's request, King actually eulogized himself. His last sermon at Ebenezer Baptist Church, a recording of his famous uh, drum major sermon given on February 4th of 68, was played at the funeral. In that sermon, he made a request that his funeral not mention any of his awards and honors that he had received, but that it be said of him that he tried to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, uh, be right on the Vietnam War question, and love and serve humanity. Per King's request, his good friend, uh, Mahalia Jackson, sang his favorite hymn, Take My Hand, Precious Lord, at the funeral. According to biographer uh, Taylor Branch, King's autopsy revealed that though he was only 39 years old, he had the heart of a 60-year-old man, evidencing the stress uh, of 13 years in the civil rights movement that um, had taken a toll on him, although I'll argue some of that was from his unsavory lifestyle, as I will get into in the next video. He wasn't quite the great hero that he's been made out to be. Nevertheless, though, he was assassinated for a reason, and we'll get into that later. But anyway, the city of Memphis uh, quickly settled the strike on favorable terms after the uh, assassination. Two months after King's death, escaped convict uh, James Earl Ray was captured at London uh, Heathrow Airport while trying to leave the United Kingdom on a uh, false Canadian passport in the name of Raymond George uh, Snade. Ray was quickly uh, extradited to Tennessee and charged with King's murder. Confessing to the assassination on March 10th of 69, though he later recanted his confession uh, three days afterward. On the advice of his attorney, Percy Foreman, Ray took a guilty plea to avoid a trial conviction and thus the possibility of receiving the death penalty. Ray was sentenced to a 99-year uh, prison term. Ray later fired Foreman uh, as his attorney, from then on derisively uh, calling him Percy Fourflusher, claiming that a man that he had met in Montreal uh, with the alias Raoul was involved, as was his brother uh, Johnny, but not himself, further asserting that although he did not personally shoot King, he may have been 
partially responsible, he said, without knowing it, hinting at uh, a wider conspiracy. Well, yeah, that's always the case, isn't it? With political, uh, with, with assassinations of major uh, figures. Anyway, he spent the remainder of his life attempting, though unsuccessfully, to withdraw his guilty plea and secure the trial or retrial, you know, that he never had. On June 10th of 77, shortly after Ray had uh, testified to the House Select Committee on Assassinations that he did not shoot King, he and six other convicts escaped from uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in uh, Petros, Tennessee, but they were recaptured on June 13th and returned to prison. That's the official story. But as always, there's a lot more as you dig and, you know, lift under the rug. Martin Luther King Jr., as it turns out, as many of you know, was very outspoken about the uh, economic exploits of the U.S. military machine, which may have been the real reason for his assassination. During a speech that he gave back in 1967, for example, he stated, uh, we have no honorable intentions in Vietnam. Our minimal expectation is to occupy it as an American colony and maintain social stability for our investments. That's the case with all U.S. military uh, interventions. That's always been the case. Interventions. <laughs> Aggressions. Anyway, he went on to say, this tells why American helicopters are being used against guerrillas in Cambodia and Peru. Interestingly, the role our nation has taken is the role of those who refuse to give up the privileges and uh, pleasures that come from the immense profits of overseas investment. Well, he was right. He was right. And because he was in the public eye and had such a big following, that was reason enough to get rid of him, right? Anybody who spoke against the Vietnam War became a target of El Governamente, CIA, FBI. King was considered an enemy of the state for comments like this. The FBI kept a huge file on him and was engaged in a major spy operation against him, watching his every move as part of the illegal Pro operation that was exposed by Senator Church's church committee back in 1975. As was the case with the JFK assassination, King's murderer, uh, or, or King's murder, I should say, is filled with problems um, and reeks of a cover-up, right? James Earl Ray was obviously coerced into his, quote, confession. Uh, they didn't even get such a thing from Oswald or whoever that was that they arrested. All he said was, I'm a patsy. So he had to go too, right? Of course, Ray later retracted his confession, and the alleged rifle that he used was not the weapon that fired the deadly shot, killing MLK, as it turns out. Also, the photograph of eyewitnesses to the crime shows that they are pointing to an entirely different location than the boarding house where Ray was staying. 
as the place from whence the bullet had, had been fired, right? A complete legal fiction has been built up around uh, this murder, as always, to distract attention away from the real perpetrators of this crime. Anyway, on March 4th of 68, FBI headquarters issued a memorandum expanding its COINTEL Pro activities against black nationalist hate groups and uh, warning that Dr. King, among others, could emerge as a messiah figure who could unify and electrify the uh, black nationalist movement. The memorandum called for the use of uh, imaginative techniques and required a report on accomplishments within 30 days. Imaginative techniques. What they're talking about is, you know, creative ways to get rid of them, to eliminate them, right? Funny how they were taking a stance then against radical black leaders, and yet in more recent times, like with BLM and Antifa, it's the other way around, isn't it? Same people, different approach to the same game. Still stirring up racial tensions, but now in the reverse, right? Exactly 30 days later, on April 4th, Dr. King was, of course, assassinated. After this FBI memo called for imaginative techniques in dealing with this troublemaker. Hoover's cooperation with uh, military intelligence units uh, conducting surveillance and more deadly operations against King has been thoroughly documented in Dr. William Pepper's book, Orders to Kill. Anybody wanting to uh, dig into that further? Anyway, in late 1999 in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Coretta Scott King, King's widow, along with the rest of uh, King's family, won a wrongful uh, uh, death civil trial against Lloyd Jowers, owner of a restaurant, uh, Jim's Grill, near the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, and other unknown co-conspirators. Jowers claimed to have received $100,000 to arrange King's assassination. The jury of six whites and six blacks found Jowers guilty and that, quote, government agencies were parties to the assassination plot. William F. Pepper represented the King family in the trial. We'll here cite only two testimonies, beginning with uh, Coretta Scott King herself, King's wife. Here's what she said. There is abundant evidence of a major high-level conspiracy in the assassination of my husband, Martin Luther King Jr. And the civil court's unanimous verdict has validated our belief. I wholeheartedly applaud the verdict of the jury, and I feel that justice has been well served in their deliberations. This verdict is not only a great victory for my family, but also a great victory for America. It is a great victory for truth itself. 
It is important to know <clears throat> that this was a swift verdict delivered after about an hour of jury deliberation. The jury was clearly convinced by the extensive evidence that was presented during the trial that <clears throat> in addition to Mr. Jowers, the conspiracy of the mafia, local, state, and federal government agencies were deeply involved in the assassination of my husband. Local, state, and federal, and the mafia. Oh, what a familiar pattern. She went on to say the jury also affirmed overwhelming evidence that identified someone else, not James Earl Ray, as the shooter, and that Mr. Ray was set up to take the blame. Oh, where have we seen that before? I want to make it clear, she said, that my family has no interest in retribution. Instead, our sole concern has been that the full truth of the assassination has been revealed and uh, adjudicated in a court of law. <clears throat> As we pursued this case, some wondered why we would spend the time and energy addressing such a painful part of the past. For both our family and the nation, the short answer is that we had to get involved because the system did not work. Those who are responsible for the assassination were not held to account for their involvement. This verdict, therefore, is a great victory for justice and truth. It has been a difficult and painful experience to revisit this tragedy, but we felt that we had an obligation to do everything in our power to seek the truth. Not only for the peace of mind of our family, but to also bring closure <clears throat> and healing to the nation. We have done uh, what we can to reveal the truth, and we now urge you as members of the media, and we call upon elected officials and other persons of influence to do what they can uh, to share the revelation of this case to the widest possible audience. The other person that we'll look at here uh, who gave testimony was Dexter King, MLK's son. He said, <clears throat> we finally got what we have been asking for, the opportunity to present evidence that we always felt would bring the truth out uh, in a court of law. To have had 12 individual jurors to hear what we have been saying, that if the American public were allowed to really hear, they too would conclude um, what has now been concluded by those 12, the 12 jurors. And I just want to state for the record, he said, uh, for once and for all, that those of you in the media who may uh, innocently be reporting that uh, inaccuracy about James Earl Ray being the assassin, you know because you may be legitimately ignorant about the facts. I want to clear that up now. Those of you who may be a part of the media uh, manipulation, you too can hear this. 
the word that always comes forth first <clears throat> that James Earl Ray confessed is not true. He never confessed. He plea bargained. Any of you that understand the legal process understand that plea bargaining is not the same as a confession. Why? Essentially, it is put forth in an effort to get a lenient, sen lenient sentence, you know, so we didn't have to get the death penalty. The second thing is that this verdict was not, as has been reported, a conspiracy that said others were involved other than James Earl Ray. That is not what that jury voted on. I want to be clear about that. They clearly voted on evidence that stated that James Earl Ray was not the shooter, that he was set up, that he was uh, an unknown patsy. You know, it was unbeknownst to himself. But with that conclusion, obviously there's a conspiracy, right? Because efforts were made to set him up to cover up for someone else who was the killer. He went on to say that Lloyd Jowers, along with his uh, conspirators, that the jury also concluded involved state, local, and federal agencies. I want to be clear about that because you keep hearing duplicitous reports. I also want to put to rest for once and for all that no one is qualified to speak on this case except the people who were there, the jurors, the family, and, of course, uh, the legal team. Just because someone says they marched with Dr. King uh, does not make them an authority on the subject. Whether they are political uh, conduits or government publicists who continue to recycle these lies and continue to discredit this family. This is what happened to my father. There is a very distinct process or protocol that happens when there is an issue of national security, he said. First, there is an attempt to discredit one's credibility. Second, there is a harassment. And finally, if that does not work, termination or elimination follows, he said. That is what happened to our loved one because he challenged the establishment. He spoke out against the war in Vietnam. He talked about dealing with poverty by taking poor people to Washington. There was also an interest in the political process. He became too powerful. Let us not forget, as my mother said, that it was the failure of the system to do the right thing by its citizens who first and foremost caused and created a Martin Luther King Jr. and others to get out on the front line and be beaten, brutalized, and even killed. And now it is the failure of the system to do the right thing, <clears throat> which is now to find out who killed this man, because they themselves will have to show bloody hands. So it is left up to our efforts as private citizens, as he was a private citizen, who had to seek other means through private 
regress. We thank God for democracy, he said. There is still in America a system, even with all of its shortcomings, that in some cases justice can be achieved. So we believe that this verdict spoke to that first bastion of this democracy. Finally, we know that because uh, this has occurred after 32 years, we can finally move on with our lives. We don't care what the Justice Department does. This is another uh, misnomer. We did not do this to force their hand. I doubt seriously that they will indict themselves um, for who polices the police. <laughs> in other words, he's pointing a finger at them and their involvement, right? They're not going to police themselves. They're not going to arrest their own selves. That is up to the American public, he said. We, the King family, have done our part. Those of you, if you find it in your hearts to get the powers that be to officialize what 12 independent uh, people have already done, that is your business. We know what happened. This is the period at the end of the sentence. Please, after today, we do not want questions like, do you believe that James Earl Ray killed your father? I have been hearing that all of my life. No, I don't. This is the end of it. Thank you. So, James Earl Ray did not kill MLK, just like Lee Harvey did not kill JFK, and neither did Sirhan Sirhan kill Robert Kennedy, and neither did Osama bin Laden pull off 9-11. <laughs> Freaking unreal, man. Your government committed these crimes along with a whole lot of other ones like them. Guilty as charged. Anyway, guys, I wish the story could end there, that they murdered a good man. Well, he had, you know, some good qualities, right? He certainly spoke out against, admirably, against the phony Vietnam War. He advocated for, you know, poor people. Where's the voice for that today to advocate for poor people? You never hear about that group, which is not a minority. It is a whopping majority. It's been made that way on purpose. But you never hear any outcry about the rights of the underdog or, or the economic underdog, right? At the hands of the small minoritarian overlords that have screwed up this economy and, and made life a living hell for so many people now who work their asses off uh, week after week after week and have not only nothing to show for it, but aren't even making enough to support their own selves, let alone a family anymore, right? People like Martin Luther, uh, if their voice was heeded, we wouldn't be in this mess right now, right? He had to go for that reason, too, speaking out on behalf of the poor. Uh, but unfortunately, he was not squeaky clean himself. And so we'll get into that in the next video. Thanks for joining me, folks. We'll catch you then. Take care.